I'll follow Kyle. I've been waiting for that. They were, uh, I, know, I was going to have some cool story that followed up with that, but I'm just going to leave that picture stand as it is, and you guys can make up your own story. It'll probably be way cooler than the one I got. Uh, that is me, though. Somebody paid me 600 bucks to use that in an advertisement. Can you believe that? Well, good morning. My name is Tim Toole. Uh, this morning might be a little bit different than a normal church service. Uh, I'm going to start with telling you a little bit about me. I know some of you. Uh, I know some of your names. I don't know a lot of your names. Um, but we've just kind of been like hanging out here at Simple Church for the last, I don't know, when you guys opened up. And, and we've just been kind of like undercover hanging. Uh, this is, we are not technically members, but we consider ourselves partnering with, with this congregation here. And we appreciate what it is that Aaron and your leadership team is, is, is trying to do in the city of Reynoldsburg. Um, about me, I'm a former pastor. I, he called me pastor, Pastor Tim. Uh, a year and a half ago, a little over a year ago, uh, the church that I had been pastoring that we had launched seven or eight years prior closed. We were in Black Lick, and uh, we had a, a vision change to how we saw. Um, I had a vision change of how I thought church was supposed to go. And in that vision change... Uh, it, it didn't really draw a lot of people. The goal wasn't to draw a lot of people. It was, uh, it was life change. It was a, it was a, it was a personal uh, shift in direction as, as a believer, as a pastor, and as a congregation. And with that, we shrunk. <laughs> we, we shrunk and shrunk and shrunk until we got to a place where we made a decision to close the church. We closed uh, in, in a good way. You know, it wasn't a knockdown drag out. You hear a lot of churches closed, and it's just ugly and and uh, our last service, we had 85 people show up. We had been doing services with like 15 people. And the last Sunday, we had 85 people show up. I made the joke that we should have closed more often. Uh, but it was, it was a beautiful morning of testimonies. However, the week after started my decline. Eight years. Eight years we've been doing, we've been doing this thing. And we closed. And we had a, we, I say we, my family, primarily me and my wife, had a, dark, had a dark period. We had a period where you just start wondering what, what God's doing. What, what is God doing? Why isn't he doing anything? What is he doing to me? I was pissed off. I was angry. I was hurt. I was frustrated. Uh, it, was, it was just a rough period for for me and, and my walk. Now, at the same time, like uh, a month after we closed, my wife and I started foster care training. <laughs> and, and then a month and a half later, that we got placed with two kids. We have, uh, at the time, a four-year-old and a six-year-old moved into our house just before Christmas, the week before Christmas. Uh, so, so we got this nice dark period of church closing. And then we get thrust into this life of, of two more kids in our house. And you know, there was a little bit of, of us that were thinking, wow, this is just, we're going to be awesome for these kids. They're going to love living here. Life is going to be so much better for these two. Uh, I'm, I am a, I'm, a, I'm a strong believer. I am patient. I am graceful. It's going to be awesome. And Christmas Day, I was throwing gifts at the kids just to get them opened up really fast so we can have this over with. It was just so ugly. It was so ugly. And where I thought I was really good with patience and grace, 
uh, foster kids showed me that I sucked at it. <laughs> and, and it wasn't that, that I, I was kind of like sucking at it right then with the foster kids. What I realized is I probably trained my family to behave in such a way that, that they didn't push my patients, that, that uh, the sense of peace that I wanted, uh, they gave to me. And then I could be grateful to them when they gave me this peace. You know, it was uh, um, probably all just like a big lie in how uh, I, was, I was living my life. Now, I, I know that there's some foster parents in the room, but I'm, I'm going to guess that there's probably not a lot of, a lot of foster families here. Uh, but when it comes to relationships in and outside of our home, uh, I'm going to guess that everybody can relate to some level that they're tough. They're tough, and when people step on your toes and don't give you what you want, those relationships get stressed. And you react in a way that is not patient, that is not graceful, that, that uh, doesn't really honor anybody but yourself. And I'm going to assume and hope that nobody here has closed a church before. Raise your hand if you closed a church before. Awesome. That's a good thing. Uh, well, you may not have closed a church. I'm going to assume that in some place in your life you've had a darkness of of failure, be it your workplace or, or with your family, that, that, uh, that you felt God's hand step away and he just kind of leave you floundering there, or at least that's what you thought. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume that we've all been in these, in these tough, dark places. Now, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. I, I was saved in 99. I've uh, been walking with with Christ for 14 years, you would think that even in this dark period, I would know what to do. I would know what to do. And there was a part of me that was like, you know, what am I supposed to do? What is it that I can do that can get me back my peace, that can get me back in the good graces of God? What is it that, you know, what, what is it I'm actually supposed to do? Give, give me something to do. And, and I, think, I think I missed, I think I missed stuff in there. Um, this, this morning, we are going to be looking at a couple of verses. Now, now, where this morning is going to be different is we're going to do uh, a soap. Anybody here familiar with uh, soap Bible study? Can you, tell me what, can you tell me what soap stands for? Hold on, you can do it. Scripture. Scripture. Observation. What's the third one? What does the A stand for? Application. And the fourth one? Prayer. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. So as we go through these verses, we are going to actually do a soap study. And what's cool is that you guys, you guys spoke up. And, and my hope is that you get to speak up more throughout the service. That, that uh, I'm going to ask some questions with the intention of you guys shooting back the answers, maybe sharing some of what's going on inside of you or what's gone inside of you in the past. And, and, uh, and let's, let's do a soap Bible study. Uh, another another thing that I call it is uh, a discovery Bible study. We're gonna we're gonna go to Scripture and we're gonna ask some questions and see what the answer is. But you're not necessarily gonna hear the answer just from me because God's not just speaking through me. He's speaking through His Word through you. He's speaking through His Word into you. This is not the Gospel of Tim. This is the Gospel of Christ. Okay. Um, so. As we bust into scripture, you had me at hello. We're going to be looking at um, some really deep verses. Everybody, if you have your Bible with you, anybody, anybody need a Bible? If you need a Bible, raise your hand. They'll get you a Bible. You can keep it. Um, I'm hoping some people have their Bibles. If you've got your Bible app, if you have your Bible app, go ahead and pull up like some funky version. Not the Chinese version or the Hungarian version. You know, pick, pick one that's in English. Uh, 
We're going to be looking at Ephesians 1, 1 and 2. Can anybody remember what Ephesians 1, 1 and 2 is? Nobody studies Ephesians 1, 1 and 2. Oh, there it is. So you do know what it is. Okay. Who's, who's, got, who's got a Bible with them? Who's got a Bible with them other than NIV? Okay. So I got one. I got two. Anybody else? Going, going, gone. What do you got over there, Kelly? Message. The message. The message is a good one. I got the amp. Uh, skip the amp and go to King James. Is that cool? Because we all love King James. This is King James only, right? No. But, but there's the gamut. The message to King James, baby. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open up with Ephesians 1, 1 and 2, and, uh, and I'm actually going to read it out of the, uh, the English Standard, ESV. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's do King James. Dude, let's do a message. That's a beautiful one. King James. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints, which are the... Paul wrote with a big pause there. <laughs> and to the faithful in Christ, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then from the NIV, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a greeting. This is just a hello. This is, uh, if you look at any of Paul's letters, in all of his letters, this is his greeting. Now, in some of the letters, there's a little bit more added into there and some a little bit less. But, but in every single one, there's a screen. It's kind of like a signature stamp on an email, except that who here reads the signature stamps in emails? No one. Oh, you got one. But no one, really. You know, they're just, they're just there. It's not intended to be just there. Yet we can skip right by it really quick. We can skip right by it really quick. And, and my tendency was to skip by it really quick because what I want to do is find out what it is I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to do? And yet, in this greeting, if, if, we, if we just take a moment and look at it, uh, hopefully he will have you at hello. He will have you at love. Okay, so here comes some participation time. We'll just start off with some basic questions. This is, uh, this is part of the observation aspect. We've done the scripture. We've read it in three or four different translations just so you can kind of get a feel for, for, for how the translations change. Not necessarily change in meaning, but how they present that meaning. And the message was actually pretty cool. You want to read the message one more time again? It just sounds sweet, doesn't it? So, let's go into the observation aspect of it. Who's speaking? This is kind of like class, but who's speaking? Paul, Paul is speaking. And now, who is Paul? He's an apostle of Jesus of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Now, 
I'm up here. I'm Tim. I'm, I'm sent here by Aaron because he needed somebody to cover for him. <laughs> and I told him, if you, need, if you need me to cover on a Sunday morning when you're like dying, you're ill, you're in pain, man. You need somebody to come in on a Sunday morning, I'm your man. And then like a week later, he goes, oh, can you preach in November? It's like, oh, jeez. It's been a year since I've done this, man. I guess so. I'm just Tim. And this is Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. He is uh, outside of Christ, the man, right? He wrote most of the New Testament. He's, you know, for, for me, it's his letters that, that kick my butt and that I tend to run to. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Okay. We know it's Paul. I'm cool with Paul. But let's go on to the next question. Who is he speaking to? The church at Ephesus. What's, what's the key word up here? And it's not up there. What's the key word in the, in the message? In my NIV, it does say This must be the new NIV. Uh, it's the saint, right? Who said the saint? It's the saint. So who do you think of? We'll just, like, we'll just step back from, from heavy-duty heavy duty churchdom, heavy-duty Christendom. Who is it that you think of when you hear the saint? And I'm cool with this, as silly as you want to be. No football fans? Or at least no New Orleans fans? No, that's why nobody thinks about that. What's down Wagner Road? When you think of Satan. St. Jude, St. Pius. So who are these dudes? You know, they got schools named after them, they got hospitals named after them, but who, but who, are, who are the saints that we think of? Religious leaders. The religious leaders. Most of them, to be a saint, you have to be dead, right? They have to be dead, and then they have to prove, they have to prove somehow that a miracle was attached to them in their life, or after their death, or, you know, I don't get it. I don't get it, but I know that I can't relate to that. Can anybody here relate to being a saint? Ah, oh, and there's the key. Nor- normally, when, 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 when people think of who are the saints, they think of some like big, higher-up duty person. Paul is not speaking to the leaders of the church. Paul is not speaking to the dead people that had, uh, that had some miracle attached to them. He was talking to the saints, the holy believers. If you, if you look through, if you, go, if you go through scripture and you look at the different names that, are, that the believers are called, saints is one of them. Blessed of the Lord, children of God, children of the promise, the chosen ones, disciples of Christ, heirs of the kingdom, the holy priesthood, the lights of the world. This is who he's speaking to. And guess what? Any believer here, Anyone who has uh, heard the whisper of God and responded to the call of the Holy Spirit to hand over their lives in faith in Jesus Christ is who Paul's speaking to right here. And and if you need if you need uh, if you need confirmation on that, because you know I can look through my life this past year and think, oh, you know maybe I just suck too much to be a saint. You know if I go back. Man, I don't have to go back much further and think, you know, I did some pretty, I did some pretty wretched things. 
that that you know he's looking for he's looking for the good people right he's looking for the moral people he's looking for the people that have it all together but if we go to if we go to Paul again in 1 Corinthians and we look at 1 Corinthians 1 verse 26 then we get to hear other beautiful verses brothers think of what you were when you were called not many of you were wise by human standards not many were influential not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. He chose not that upper echelon, though he chooses the upper echelon as well. But he chose, he chose the lowly. He chose, he chose me. He chose me. And when, when we walk into these verses, when we walk into his letters and we see this greeting, know that he's not just talking to the church at Ephesus. He's not talking to just the pastors or the church leaders. He's talking to each and every one of us that call on Jesus Christ as Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if that's not me, I'm in trouble. And I need to see that for what it is. I need to grasp that for what it is. Because I am a sinful person. And in my sin, if I dwell on that, I can spiral out of control and lose all hope. But he calls me saint. He calls me his child. He calls me his heir. It's a beautiful greeting. It's a beautiful greeting. All right, go back to Ephesians. Pop Ephesians back up there. So we know this is Paul. We know who he's talking to. Raise your hand if he's talking to you. If he's not talking to you, we'll get to that at the end. Okay? He's, talk, he's talking to the believers. He's talking to the church. We are the church. This building's not the church. We are. Okay? I'm going to skip a section. Normally I would go on to the next, the next verse there, the, the faithful in Christ. That kind of wraps up in... Uh, into who he's talking to, but I also want to look at that from, from an application perspective in, in soap. So, so with the scripture, we're observing. We know who's talking. We know who he's talking to. What's he talking about? Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Man, this is what I crave. This is what I crave, and this is when I want to figure out what I need to do to get it. In my house, I got four kids. I got four kids. I got two cats. I've got chaos. <laughs> I've got chaos. I love, I love them all. But it's, but it's chaotic. And, and man, I want peace. <laughs> I want peace. I, I want it desperately so. I want it to the point where I'm yelling at my kids to get out of the room and go to another floor. I just want some peace. When we close the church, I just wanted peace. I ended up in the hospital 
like two weeks later with chest pains. I just wanted peace. I found peace in other places. Where is it that you guys find peace? Anybody care to share? There's such a wide variety of places that we can find peace. Some of them are good, some of them are bad. They're all bad if they're placed in the wrong position. Good or bad, where do you find peace? TV. TV. In a book. Music. Music. What's that one? Through struggles. Shooting range. Shooting range. Medication. Medication. <laughs> if we go, pop, pop up that picture. Pop up that, pop up my bio picture. I love a cigar. I find peace in cigars. Even at 20 degrees below, I'm sitting on my front porch with a blanket around me. When I need, I need the peace. Alcohol, drugs, porn. Here's a, here's a kicker, serving the church. Serving the church. That can be a false place to find peace. That can be a false place to find peace. If that is where you're, you're resting your, your peace, your foundation of peace on, and coming in and leading worship, doing teardown and setup, leading a small group, preaching, coming to church, that if that's your foundation for peace, guess what? It's in the wrong place. It's in the wrong place. Good or bad, it can be in the wrong place. Now, now some of these are avenues that God presents his peace. But if you're searching for it and expecting to grab it from something other than who we'll be looking at next, it's misguided. It's misguided. Aaron, I hope I just didn't like shun people from serving. Your breakdown team is going to be like, you know... That's where I was trying to find my peace. I'm going to do that today. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. And then grace. Grace is a tough one, man. Grace is a tough one. Searching for grace kind of, kind of, can kind of go, fall back to uh, a misunderstanding of who we are as saints. You know? That... That we can that we can chase after grace in the wrong places, or or flat out ignore it. Just flat out stop looking for it. How many people have here have been in a place where you just thought, "I am too bad, too bad." That this is this situation is just so wretched that not only can I not pull myself out of it, but neither can he. What a wretched place that is. Even more so because it's a freaking lie. It's a lie. You want to hear how much of a lie it is? Second Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 12. Oh, I beat you. <laughs> so here's Paul speaking again. Almost everything I'm referring to is Paul speaking. So, 
To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh. Who's got a thorn? Anybody have a thorn? Man, how many thorns? Three times I plead with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Man, I can let go of those verses really quick. I can forget those really fast. This is, this is Paul speaking. <laughs> this is this is Paul speaking, the, the Christian of Christians, the missionary of missionaries, the, the 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 guy that spread the gospel all around the world at their time. And he's boasting about his weaknesses. He's saying himself that he had to hear Christ say, My grace is sufficient for you. Don't believe the crap that the world tells you. Don't believe the lies that Satan plants around you. Don't. It's, it's just all garbage. It's just all garbage. And, and, and coming off this last year, I was buying into that garbage. I was buying into that garbage. And I was, and I was craving something. I was craving, I was craving God's grace. And then this sense of, this sense of peace, you know, I spent a significant chunk of this last year outside of Scripture. Anybody with me? I'm not proud of that. And being outside of Scripture for so long has probably extended the pain of my struggle. I just uh, keep on wrestling with the crap that I'm wrestling, not looking for the answer that I should be looking for, seeking peace in all the wrong places. And yet, he's got the answer. He's got the answer right right here. Bob Ephesians back up. Anytime I leave the verse, go back to Ephesians. The man. I'm not a PowerPoint kind of guy. I never did PowerPoints. So, bear with me here. But there's this peace. I... I think, I think at times I get confused. Uh, my, my definition of peace is different than Scripture's definition of peace. Fair enough? My definition of peace revolves around my circumstances and my comfort. My circumstances and my comfort. And, and when I don't get my peace, I act in a very ungraceful kind of way. Amen? Amen. Amen. But the peace that God offers, the peace that... Paul is speaking to in these verses and in the greeting of every other one of his verses is, is something a little bit different. This time I'm going to uh, bypass Paul and we will go right to the main man. We're going to look at John, uh, John 14, 25, through whatever I end up reading to. All this I have spoken while still with you. This is Jesus. This is, these are the, the cool red letters in your Bible. 
All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And there are. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. My, my expectations of peace are... Our worldly peace, our selfish peace. And you know, nowhere in Scripture is that promised. Nowhere in Scripture is that promised. Uh, 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 a gospel of, of health, wealth, prosperity, comfort, pleasure is not promised. If you ever hear anybody preach that, you just walk away. It's bunk, it's garbage, it's a lie. It is a a lie and it is a trap. The world will offer us us trouble. The world will will offer us suffering. It will offer us pain. And guess what? That's what they gave, the world gave to Jesus. And as believers, we get to follow suit. We get the honor of following suit. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How often do I need to hear that? When my kids are freaking out in the house, and then the back of my head and the front of my head coming out of my mouth as I just want some peace. I need these verses. I need his words. I need his spirit to, to remind me of who I am, the saint, and what's been given me, grace and peace, that I can walk through the struggles, the, the psychoticness of our life and of this world and, and walk strong in him. When we find ourselves in these dark places and we have absolutely no clue what it is that God is doing and we're begging for him to move, to respond, to see his hand do something, to hear the whisper, begging for God just to, please let me hear the whisper. He doesn't yell. Oh, I wish he would yell. I wish he would just like, Tim, this is what I need you to do. That's not how he moves. Sometimes he does. Never for me. (laughs) He whispers. He whispers. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Oh, you got it. You're the man. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you. Who's it coming from? It's coming from him. It's come from him. There's a this grace and peace can only come from God. And and if we wanted to get really deep and, and, and go on a theological bent, we can see that because of the way that Paul wrote it, Jesus Christ is God. Father's God, Jesus Christ is God. I'm gonna leave that for another theological day. Uh, but it comes from him. It comes from him. What do we need to do to get this grace and peace? Nothing. It's been given. 
And if God has chosen you, if you have if you've heard the call in your heart and he has prepped your heart, he does it. I can't do anything to get myself there. He does it. You might think that we have. But looking through scripture, it's clear that, that he's the one who's working in our heart. He's the one who's preparing us to be called. He's the one who's preparing us to respond. It's all him. It's all him. I don't need to come to church to receive this grace and peace. I don't need to tithe receive this grace and peace. I don't need to wear certain clothes to wear to receive this grace and peace. What are the things that we do that we think we need to do to receive this grace and peace? Anyone? Volunteer. Serve. Try to be good. Hold my temper. Say the right things. Do the right things. Now, I will say that all of those things are good things, and they are a response to the love and grace and peace that's been given us. I'm not telling you to not do these things. We have to understand the perspective and the position that those things come, that that it is a response to what has already freely been given to us. It is a response to to the debt that was paid by Jesus Christ on the cross. That probably wasn't too peaceful. And yet, the peace of God was with him. And he went and did what it was he was supposed to do for the saints, for us. All this in a greeting. All this, all this in agreeing, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we got so. What was the first one? Scripture. Pick a section of Scripture, read the Scripture. I'm just going to throw this in as a side, a side shot. I know that how Aaron does it in here, how he teaches it, is that you're... You go to scripture, you read a couple of chapters, you, you pick out the verses that speak to you, and those are the ones that you do your self-study, right? And, and I've, I've suggested similar things. If you go through a couple of chapters and you don't find anything, you weren't listening. <laughs> because I showed you right off the bat how, from a simple greeting, we can hear the gospel. Because that is what we've heard today, is the gospel. So we've got scripture. Observation. We've pulled this puppy apart. We know who's talking. We know who he's talking to. We know who he's talking about. We know, we know a bunch, right? Off of a greeting. So we've got our scripture, our observation. Ah, application. Application might be a little tough one on this one. But guess what? There is a word in these verses that gives us a general overview of what our application is. Can anybody guess? I kind of like gave it away. Being faithful. Being faithful. Being faithful doesn't earn us the grace and peace. Being faithful is a response to that grace and peace that will ultimately foster even more in you. Now, when, when we go back to, when we start talking about what it is to be, be faithful, we can reiterate some of the things that we said is not the place to find your grace and peace. Serving in the church. Tithing. Serving up here in worship ministry. 
there's some there's some bigger ones. There are some there are some bigger ones, and they can be wrapped up in two commandments. Anybody know what those are? Do you need me to actually pull these open and read them? I will. I think. Love God. Yeah, it's 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 your catchphrase here. So who who's been going here for more than a week? Anyone? Anyone? So if you've been here longer than a week, and and this dude's got it right on his shirt, do he Sam spit it out? Love God, love people, serve the world. Those are the those are the two commandments. Those are the two greatest commandments. Those are the two greatest commandments. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbors as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on those two commandments. Jesus Christ was begging his disciples to teach other disciples to be obedient. And that is a response to the the peace and grace that has been given to us freely from God the Father through through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the call to be faithful, to love him and to love others. And Paul's speaking to, to all the churches. All the churches have some sort of issue. You know, that's what, the, that's what the letters are being written for. There was something going on in each one of those churches, just like there's something going on in this church, just like there's something going on in each one of you, just like there's something going on in me. But the commandment to be faithful to the love of God is to love him back and to love those around you. Both of those are tough. They sound really easy. But man, they're tough. Man, they're tough. But, but being in a congregation that is, that is commissioning and, and, and encouraging people to follow after that, to walk this faithful walk in Christ is an exciting thing. I have absolutely no desire to preach a message to you, to, to come up to me afterwards and say, that was a great message, and then go back and not see your life change. It's a complete and utter waste of time. It's a complete and utter waste of time. Not just for me, but for you. Why bother showing up if you're not sincerely desiring life change? Because just showing up is not going to do it. Just showing up is not going to do it. The call here is to be faithful. The call here is, is to follow after the God that called you and gave his son for you. Which is a beautiful thing, which is what these verses are saying. And after a, a year of darkness, and I go through, go to scripture to search through what it is, where is this peace and grace, God? I have to go two verses. I have to go two verses. He had me at hello. There's, there's peace and grace in those verses that come from God the Father. There's relief in those verses. There's encouragement in those verses. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. So one of my my failings at my former congregation was closing. (laughs) I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up here because I think I'm running long. Am I running long? 
I'm, I'm looking good? Okay. Well, I'm going to close out anyways. I'm going to close out. If you want to close your eyes and bow your head, I'll see how I can mangle this invitation. There's two groups of people that I'm speaking to right now. The first one are the saints, the believers, those who have responded to the call of God and call themselves children of the Lord, the holy priesthood, the blessed of Christ, the disciples of Christ, the heirs of the kingdom. I'm, I'm calling out to you first. I'm going to make the wild assumption that we're all struggling in some form or fashion right here and now. And if you're not, get ready for it. Because this is what the world has to offer. The world has to offer an opportunity to chase after all the wrong things. I'm going to ask you as believers to just spend a, a moment in prayer in, in self-reflection in God reflection to respond to what he's already called you to respond to what he's already given you to find encouragement in those verses these verses are for you believers Paul's writing to the saints God is speaking through Paul to you It may have been a long time since you've known this peace and grace, that you've tasted that clean water. I'm going to ask you just to take a moment and, and just reflect back on him. Now for you non-believers, for people who have, who have not come to know that peace and grace that, that God the Father offers... I'll be honest with you, there's nothing that I can say to make that any different. There's nothing that I can do to drag you into his fold. But, but I will encourage you that if you are you if you are hearing his call in your heart, if you are hearing that tug on your soul, if you're thinking to yourself, man, man, I want what he's talking about, and I think I'm I'm understanding where it's coming from. Then I'm going to encourage you to, to have a little powwow with God the Father. That, that you relax, take a step back, and listen to what it is that He is saying. And I, and I'll say to those that, that aren't even hearing that, kudos for coming, man. And my prayer for you is that you do hear that. And soon. It is, uh, it is a gift like no other. It's a gift like no other. And it will radically change your life. Maybe not in the ways that you want to immediately, but from an eternal perspective, oh, it's just massive.
I'm going to close this out in the final aspect of the SOAP study with a prayer. There will be people around the room standing on the sidelines. If, if you are any one of those three groups of people, believers, not yet believers, not even close to being a believer, and you want somebody to pray for you, to talk with you, to lay hands on you, they're in the back of the room, and you go for it. And if you don't feel comfortable during the service, and, and you want to pull somebody aside outside of this room, I encourage you to do that. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to come together as the church to look at your word. Father, I pray that that as we leave here today, that this just wasn't a bunch of lip service. I pray that I pray that you're working us over, that you're breaking us down to build us back up in the peace and grace that it is you offer. I need that. Selfishly, I am begging for that for me. Please allow me to understand you, your son, your spirit in such a way that the peace and grace is just overwhelming on my life. And I pray that for these people too. Father, I lift up, I lift up this group of people to you. I lift up Simple Church to you. I pray that you do amazing things in and through the lives of these people and that the praise fully goes back to you. I lift you up, Father. I lift you up, Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your will in us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.